Welcome to Come Follow Me, Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode eight of our Come Follow Me discussion. This week we are studying Genesis chapters 18 through 23. And there are just some really great stories in these chapters. Almost too much to pack into 10 minutes. Um, I remember when I was teaching seminary years ago, I loved teaching the Old Testament because there's just so many good stories and sometimes stories that the students didn't know and always great applications for them. So today I had to choose between a discussion of Lot and his family and their escape from Sodom and Gomorrah and a discussion of Abraham and Sarah. I chose Abraham and Sarah. Uh, so apologies to anyone who was hoping to discuss the story of Lot. It's a great story. And I'll just talk about it really briefly. One of the main messages in that story for me is just this idea of don't look back. And as far as that relates to mental health, I always encourage my clients to focus on the future and not so much on the past. Um, we can learn from the past, and so it's, it's not worthless, but I think too much focus on the past uh, can kind of slow us down. We really only have the, the moment, the present moment to make decisions. And then that deci those decisions shape our future. The past is over and there's nothing we can really do except to learn from it. So it's not really beneficial to dwell on it. So the quick mental health takeaway from Lot's story is to keep focused on your future and make the most of your present decisions to shape that future and have it be the best future you can. All right, let's get to the discussion of Abraham and Sarah. So if you remember the covenant that God made with Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, part of that covenant was that in Abraham and Sarah's seed, that all the nations of the world of the earth would be blessed. And we learn from modern revelation that that's specifically, excuse me, specifically refers to priesthood, that in Abraham's line, the priesthood would be brought to the earth and the priesthood would then bless all of the uh, members of the world and generations to come. So if you're Abraham and Sarah and you get this promise, you think that's amazing. Not only will we have a family, but we will, but our family will be able to be the source of blessings for trillions of people. And then what happens is they go decades without having children. Uh, I, I don't know what they were thinking, but I can imagine just knowing human nature that they probably had a lot of questions during that time, maybe a lot of self-blame. Did Abraham think it was his fault? Did Sarah think it was her fault? Uh, they weren't perfect. Um, we know no one's been perfect. Did they feel like they were being cursed for their disobedience? I'm sure that Satan had a field day with their thoughts and probably got in there with all sorts of lies telling them, you know, that it was their fault, or like I said, they're being cursed, or, or those sort of things. None of that was true. I believe that they were both faithful, and they probably prayed that entire time for the blessings of posterity. And again, not just for them to have children, but for the whole earth to be blessed. If they didn't succeed in having children, then everyone in the history of the world would suffer. So the stakes were pretty high. So can you imagine praying for something for a week, a month, a year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, and still not getting what you're asking for, I think at that point, there'd be a very strong temptation to stop praying and just give up. Say, well, this, this isn't meant to be. 
Heavenly Father hasn't answered my prayer in 50 years, so I'm not going to keep praying for this. But the Lord knew what the timing was, and he was helping them learn um, some valuable lessons. And there is another mental health takeaway here. Uh, this lesson, these chapters are just full of them. And that one is don't stop asking the Lord for relief just because it doesn't arrive in your timing. So many times um, what the Lord is trying to do is he's trying to help us achieve and develop greater characteristics, characteristics of patience and faith and long suffering. And you can't develop those if every prayer you offer gets answered 20 minutes later. Um, now, hopefully we don't have to wait 50 years for a prayer to be answered, but if we did, I am certain that if we are faithful that whole time and if we keep asking that we'll look back and not only will we get the blessing that we sought for in the first place, but we will get the added blessings of having become spiritually refined through that process. And Heavenly Father, that's really what he's after. I think he wants to bless us with so many great things. And I think the righteous desires of our hearts, the things that we ask for in prayer, I think he wants to give them to us. And he probably wants to give them to us immediately, but he knows that possibly through waiting that we may get even more, not only get what we're looking for, but get additional things on top of that. So we know that almost after almost a hundred years of life, Abraham, and Sarah are blessed with a child. Um, and then about 30 years after that, the Lord commands Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Now, if you remember, we just studied this a couple weeks ago, Abraham narrowly escaped death because his father tried to sacrifice him to a pagan God. And now the true God is asking Abraham to sacrifice his own son in a similar fashion. Talk about a difficult and highly personalized trial. Well, we know that Abraham followed through and so did Isaac. Isaac was a grown man by then. Um, and had to be agreeable to the process. It was an extreme test of their faith, but we know that Isaac was spared at the last second, and not only were they blessed for their faith, but I think they learned some very, very important things about themselves and what they would do to follow God. And this has implications for their, our own process of change. Um, are we willing to do what it takes to achieve the mental health blessings that we want? Um, if we pray to the Lord and ask for relief, he will almost always provide us with opportunities for change. He's not going to magically change things. He's going to make us do the work, but he'll provide those opportunities for us. So, for example, if you're praying for relief from anxiety and you get invited to pray in sacrament meeting, but you're terrified of praying in public, then what do you do? Is that an opportunity for you to work on your anxiety and to do something that makes you uncomfortable? In our prayers, do we say, Heavenly Father, I want to have less anxiety, but here's the list of things I'm unwilling to do to achieve that. That doesn't work. It's just like Abraham and Isaac. We have to be willing to put everything on the altar, anything that the Lord asks, trusting that it will ultimately be for our good. And so if we have lists of things that we are unwilling to do, and yet we go to Heavenly Father and ask for help, I think he's going to look at that list and he's going to say, look, if you really want the help that I'm willing to provide, you have to be willing to do anything that I ask. So here's the ask for this week. I want you to think of something that you've been trying to change, something that you've been praying for and praying for help. And I want you to do some really deep reflecting on that. And I want you to consider if you are willing to do anything that the Lord asks of you to achieve what, you're, what you've been praying for. And if you're like me or like most other human beings, you will probably find some things that you think, well, I really would rather not do this. If he asked me to do this, 
particular thing, I would be hesitant. So I want you to, if you come across those things as you reflect on this, I want you to write those down. Write down those things that you believe that you might be unwilling or even afraid to do, not necessarily unwilling, but just afraid. Say, you know, I like if it's public speaking and say, Heavenly Father, I want help with anxiety, but I really, really don't want to speak in sacrament meeting. Give some consideration to that and think about that and say, is that something that I should be willing to do, even though it would make me uncomfortable in order to move forward? And then ask your Heavenly Father for help and pray for greater willingness to do whatever is asked of you in order to receive the blessings that you desire. Your Father in Heaven will help you through this process, I promise. He is he always wants to bless us with the good things that we ask for, but sometimes he makes us go through a process because that will have us achieve even greater blessings in the long run. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.ldspsychologist.com.